This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Touchdown! San Francisco! They're an extra point away from tying the title game. We're not going out like this. We've got to be a lot more aggressive here in the second half. It's over! The Niners are going to Vegas! Yes, they are. Came back from 17 down. Heard it there. KNBR Niners Radio Network. This is Unsportsmanlike with Evan Candy and Michelle coming to you live from the seaport brought to you by Patron. Perfection starts with Patron. Rematch from four years ago. San Fran, Kansas City on a day where the four biggest headliners, I think, in what we saw yesterday were likely however you want to order them, Dan Campbell, Brock Purdy, Lamar Jackson, and Patrick Mahomes. Those are the four names that seemingly are all over the place from yesterday. There's Let's a make lot sure of- we put Patrick Mahomes first next right. time we do that order. I'm just saying, I said he deserves, in, he deserves in no particular be, order. No, but let, no, he needs to be first. It needs to be in a particular order. So, because think about <laughs> it, this is four Super Bowl appearance in the last five years. Disgusting. Like, like think about like, There's only been three teams in NFL history that have been able to accomplish that. Three of them. Like, this dude is, again, he's in the GOAT conversation, and there's only one other person there, and that's Tom Brady. That's it. That is it. Like, I get, like 49ers fans, I get that Joe Montana exists. Colton Broncos fans, I get that Peyton Manning exists. But they not this. Not in their first six years as a starter. This is unprecedented. Smalls, you use the word that perfectly describes it. Peerless. Mm. That is Patrick Mahomes. He is peerless. And I still don't understand how they open as underdogs in the Super Bowl. I still don't understand how that's even possible because, like you said, betting against Pat Mahomes ain't a good bet. Last three playoff games where he was an underdog, three wins. It's not going to work out for you, dog. You're not going to make a living betting against Pat Mahomes. You're right because I'm out some money today because I've been betting against them all season long. I thought there was no way, no how, this version of the Kansas City Chiefs would be here. And it's not because I really doubted Patrick Mahomes. He's Superman. He always finds a way to get it done. But I just thought that the cast around him was not going to be up to the task. They couldn't catch a cold at points this season. They were dropping things, passes left and right. But somehow, he finds a way. Somehow, Steve Spagg and the defense finds a way. Somehow, Travis Kelsey finds a way. And I will never doubt this man again. I will never doubt the Chiefs again, or this, at least as, as long as those uh, pieces of the puzzle are together. And it's my bad. I said I would put $87 in the bad take jar if the Chiefs got to the Super Bowl because I thought there was no way, no how that they were going to do it. And I brought my cash today. Two fifties. Eighty-seven. Wow. Well, I was going to say fifteen for Patrick Mahomes, so but I felt Kelsey. so confident. You went Kelsey, the guy who was thrown to eleven times and caught eleven passes yesterday. It was unbelievable, especially in that first half, just finding spots in the zone. Put it in there. But here, here's where I look at Mahomes right now. He is tracking towards having that goat conversation. I think the years after this one were the hardest, obviously, for Brady in rebuilding and retooling that team. But in our lifetime, when you factor in individual and team accomplishment, he's a top three quarterback of our lifetime, maybe a top two. It's Brady and Joe Montana. I can't believe I'm saying this, but I think he's already had a better career than Peyton Manning. I, I think he has. I think when you look at what he's done, he has individual success that is not as great as necessarily Peyton Manning, but his team success is so much. He has the same amount of playoff wins as Peyton Manning has. Think about that for a second. He has the same amount of playoff wins as 14 as Peyton Manning. 
I mean, if you if you said to Peyton Manning, you could have your career or Mahomes' career, which one is he choosing? I don't think any quarterback has had a start to their career as Pat, Patrick Mahomes has. Like, like no, that. I. But I'm saying if he if he walks away, if he wins the Super Bowl and he walks away, his career. He's not going to do that. Is better than those that we have considered in that GOAT conversation at different times. Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers, etc. He's better. His career is better than those guys. It's absurd what this guy has done. So if we're going to put those four people from the memorable Sundays in an order, yes, he is number one. There's no question about that. I would say the two that have had the worst 24 hours would be Lamar Jackson and Dan Campbell. Mm -hmm. But let's go to the Dan Campbell part here because his team in San Francisco was up 24-7 at the half. But there were three fourth down calls that everyone's buzzing about today. I'll walk through them. Fourth and goal from the three-yard line in the second quarter with 10 seconds to go, up 21-7. He decides to go and kick a field goal, which I thought was the right spot in that in that circumstance. Mm-hmm. Fourth and two from San Francisco's 28-yard line. 7.03 to go in the third, up 24-10, goes for a fourth down. They don't convert. Fourth and three from the 30-yard line, 7.32 to go, down 27-24. They don't convert. Those three fourth downs connect to each other in terms of decision-making, thought process, three-score versus two-score, analytics, momentum, etc., and they failed. So we've talked a lot on this show in recent weeks about people wanting to win their way, Mm -hmm. and this feels like another iteration of that, Dan Campbell wanting to win his way because he hasn't been afraid to go for it on fourth down uh, a lot this season. They went for it on fourth down 34% of the time during the regular season. It's the highest rate of any team this century. So this has been a calling card of the Lions to be aggressive. The analytics and those two fourth downs that he decided to go for in the second half, there was a small uptick in the percentages that said that they should go for it but I think as somebody that follows baseball all the time I'm down on analytics there has to be a certain feel and finesse for the game even if it's worked for you in the past even if it's worked for you in the regular season even if this is your way of winning you have to have a feel for the game and it's easy for us to sit here in hindsight and say he shouldn't have gone for it but in the moment we were all in the group chat being like why wouldn't you just try to take the easy points when you can you're you're up continue to get those points if you have the opportunity even if it's kicking the field goal because you're so close to going to the Super Bowl, and he elected not to. Yeah, and here's the thing, Smalls, with the analytics part of it, it doesn't take into account the personnel that you have on the field versus their personnel in the individual matchups. It doesn't take that into account. It doesn't take into account the experience that the 49ers have versus the lack thereof on your squad. It doesn't take into account the momentum. It it doesn't. Like, you can't quantify those things. Mm -hmm. And when you look at analytics, I think too many coaches use it as a law rather than using it as a tool. Right, It can be a part of the decision-making tree, but it can't be your Bible. And I think in a lot of instances, coaches use analytics to justify decisions that don't work out. And being one win away from the Super Bowl and when you're up by three possessions, you can't rely on analytics to let you off the hook if things don't work out. So that's the part where Dan Campbell and the Lions coaching staff got to miss me all the way with that one. But here's the other part. They contradicted themselves by kicking the field goal Right before halftime, when they've got what three yards to go, yes. Like in that situation, go for it. You're up twenty-one to seven. Halftime is right there. If you don't get it, you go to the half. You're up by two touchdowns. No one's the wiser. It's still a two-possession game, but you had a chance to make it a twenty-eight to seven game. You had a chance in that moment. 
I don't understand why taking the three points was good in that spot, but why it wasn't good in the third quarter when you got fourth and two at your own at, at the at the 49ers 28 yard line. What why not take the field goal in? They came out after halftime and got a field goal. Okay? It ends up being a 14-point game. Why not kick the field goal and make it back to a 17-point game in three possessions? The complexion of the game is completely different. But again, Dan Campbell contradicts himself with the decision that he made before halftime versus the decision that he made in the third quarter. And I think that's the point that you that's the spot in the game that we all point to and say that's when it all came apart for the Detroit Lions. And now you're left wondering if this is one of those losses that this Detroit Lions team, this Detroit Lions franchise can't get off the mat from. I mean, I was talking to to Rex Ryan, our resident coach, and his son is actually on the Lions staff, Seth Ryan. He's on the Detroit Lions staff. But it feels like what happened with the Jets in 2010. Like, this is a situation where they got to back-to-back conference championship games, and you're thinking, oh, things are looking up for this franchise. They got a young quarterback who's going into his third year, and the franchise never got back to the playoffs. Like, you hope that's not the scenario that this is setting up for. But again, when you have these types of heartbreaking losses, like the Jets did to the Steelers once upon a time, like, it it makes you wonder whether or not this franchise is ever going to be able to get back off the mat after this disappointment. And they're going to lose Ben Johnson, their offensive coordinator, right? I mean, that's that's a big part of it. Smalls has brought that up. We saw it with Shane Steichen and the Eagles this year. He leaves. It's a great point that that Michelle made here, that their offense doesn't look the same when someone else is running it. Now, that's the Lions part of it. The Niners part of it is this. Their defense, obviously, in the second half, much better than it was in the first half. We know how great McCaffrey is. Brock Purdy in that second half was phenomenal in my mind. 13 of 16, 174, a touchdown, and 49 rushing yards. It was so vital knowing when and how to run. That may sound ridiculous, but we saw, unfortunately, as a point of comparison, Lamar Jackson ran a second too late or a moment too late or whatever it was, where Brock Purdy knew, okay, this guy's not open, that guy's not open, and as a result of those two not being open, this guy's not going to be open, I'm out. See ya, I'm going to run. And he ran insanely effectively during the course of this game. He made something out of nothing. A lot of people were wondering, could he make plays on the run? Could he ad-lib? And he did that in the second half. It all changed on on a pass that should have been an interception. There's no question about that. He throws it deep to Brandon Ayuk when they were down two scores. And it's off of a Lions defender, conversion, and boom, away you go. Or completed and away you go. But the reality is, Brock Purdy now for a second straight game found a way to help lead his team to victory. And that is your job as a quarterback. Do what you're asked to do within the system you're asked to play and give your team a chance to win. He doesn't have to be the sole reason that they win the game. They pay him $10 an hour, right? They're not paying him $50 million a year. He doesn't have to be the reason that they won. He has to contribute to the reason that they won. And that is what he did yesterday, Smalls. He did, and he did it when it matters. And in the Green Bay game, he did not look like we had seen him all season long. And then down the stretch, he found a way to get it done. Same thing yesterday. Down 17, he has the composure to summon what he needs to to get it done. We saw some really important passes, some game-breaking uh, runs. He was great yesterday when it mattered. So, if i got to ask you a question because you said he doesn't have to be the reason why they win, but he just has to contribute. What was the reason that the 49ers won yesterday? Ball control in the second half for me. 
Okay. Getting getting the ball to the right guys in the second half. Their defense was excellent in the second half. I know you've brought up blitzing, uh-huh. right? And the idea of changing the way in which their offense was going. And dumb decisions by the by the nine uh, by the Lions. Yeah. That's I mean, and I still think he like we're gonna downplay him just hitting open guys. Even if it's dinking and dunking, and even if it's a like a wobbly throw, he still hits open guys all the time. I'm not gonna downplay it. I'm not gonna downplay him hitting open guys because he he does that. He makes the routine look routine, especially in pressure pack situations, and that's a sign. That's, yeah, that, 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 that's a positive. In terms I'm glad of, you said it that way. In because... the terms of a quarterback having attributes that lead to his team winning, so I'll give Brock Purdy that credit. Another. Sneaky part of Brock Purdy's game, his ability to be able to manip- manipulate the pocket. I thought he did a great job at being able to move around in the pocket and knowing when to take off. Like you said, with Lamar Jackson yesterday, not knowing when to run, which is just Brock- crazy. Brock Purdy demonstrated when you should run as a quarterback. When things broke down around him, he made it hell for that Detroit Lions defense, especially in the second half. In the two scrambles that were absolute backbreakers, 49ers down seven in the fourth in the third quarter. And Brock Purdy takes off on a second and 11, takes the ball inside the five-yard line, and they end up punching it in for a game-tying touchdown. That's a big-time scramble by Brock Purdy in that situation. If that Lions defense is holding the 49ers to three, the game feels a little bit different in that spot. The other one, third and four, ball at midfield, 49ers up by three points. I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but Brock Purdy takes off on a scramble, and the Detroit Lions have a spot. Alex Anzalone is sitting there in the middle of the defense and he's trying to, you know, play that robber role underneath the coverage and cut the over route. But Brock Purdy steps up and scrambles and just outruns Alex Anzalone. He thought he had the angle. He didn't. Brock Purdy converts that for a first down. And then you talk about another touchdown um, to put him up 34 to 24. Those are big time scrambles that extend drives and lead to touchdowns. To me, that part of his leadership, that part of his poise is a big reason why the 49ers were able to take advantage of the missteps that the Lions had in the second half and punch their ticket to the Super Bowl. If you're potentially going to be a two-time MVP during the regular season, can you look like it in the postseason? We'll get to that after CC has this from Granger. For the ones who get it done, like Brock Purdy and the San Francisco 49ers, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Unsportsmanlike. This is Unsportsmanlike with Chris Canty, Evan Cohen, and Michelle Smallman. 
There are many players historically in all sports that have an average that they have in the regular season that dip in the postseason. Lamar's that guy now. Lamar is that guy. We're not asking him to be more than he was in the regular season. We're asking him to be the same. Lamar Jackson is not the same in the postseason as he is in the regular season. Simple as that. He is worse. Good point. I was going to say that. <laughs> we are on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance, along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen, with you. Yeah, listen, there were many people waiting for Lamar Jackson to not look like a potential two-time MVP. They got that yesterday. We have to give all the credit in the world to a guy in Patrick Mahomes and his team that may go down as the great greatest quarterback that people have ever seen. Patrick Mahomes is that good. As CC has mentioned, his first six years as a starter, seven in the league, exact same scenario as Brady, six as a, as a starter, seven in the league. It's crazy how like they have the exact same sit year one, play the next six. Mahomes is better, right? Mahomes' career through seven years, six as a starter, rivals Aaron Rodgers and, Mah- and Peyton Manning for the entirety of their career. He has as many playoff wins as Peyton Manning does. Mm. And he's only done this for six years, which is just nuts to think about. But we will have time for that. We're going to get to that. But the Lamar conversation is one that is stinky for us that are Lamar fans today. But we got to be real about this. Lamar Jackson is likely going to win his second MVP. When you win a second MVP, you find your way to the Hall of Fame. Those like CeCe and I specifically that have built this guy up don't look that good today because he didn't back up what we thought he could do yesterday. And Smalls has nailed this the entire time. If we are going to put Lamar on a pedestal, play like we're putting you on a pedestal. And yesterday he did not do that. 20 of 37, 272, a touchdown, eight carry, an interception, eight carries, 54 yards, a strip sack fumble, bad decisions, overthrows, didn't look right. His timing was off relative to his throws and his decision-making on when to run. There is no way that anyone could watch this guy play yesterday and think, oh yeah, that's an MVP-style player. It's not. Derek Jeter with the Yankees was so great for so long because he was the same guy in the regular season as he was in the postseason. Mm. Factually, Lamar Jackson is a different player in the postseason, and it's not better. We're just asking him to be the same, and he is worse. If we're going to give Josh Allen smoke for not being able to get it done and beat Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, then we need to give Lamar the exact same treatment. I mean, there was one play really yesterday where at the beginning of the game when he escaped the defense and was able to have that beautiful touchdown pass where you were like, okay, this is it. This is the moment. This is what we're going to see for the entirety of the game. I I turned to the people I was watching the game with and I was like, this is going to be an all-time game. This is going to be a shootout (laughs) because the Chiefs open with that surgical drive to score. Mm -hmm. Lamar responds. It felt like we were getting set up for an all-time type game and it was anything but. Lamar could not find a way to respond to Steve Spagnuolo, that defense and the blitz, as you've pointed out, CeCe. He was holding onto the ball too long. There were throws that he couldn't make. I I mean, that play in the fourth quarter when the Ravens were down 17-7 and he threw the ball into triple coverage. Come on, what are we doing here? This is not MVP type play. And I think it's a sign of respect to hold Lamar to a certain standard because of what he's accomplished, but he did not show us that yesterday. No, and and their plan for the blitz was absolutely awful. They weren't great in the red zone. They were over. And then you talk about Lamar on third down. He was one of six for seven yards. I mean, that's just abysmal, right? I mean, it took two sacks too. So I just, I, I, 
He was terrible in situational football, and then you compound it with the turnovers, right? The strip sack, which ultimately didn't amount to much because you were able to get the turnover on downs on the Kansas City Chiefs. You stopped them on fourth down in the red zone. But still, you take away an opportunity for your offense to put together a drive because you turned the ball over. And then you throw that interception in the end zone. I, I, God knows what he was looking at. Maybe it was Isaiah likely putting his hand up. But under un, any uncertain terms, Lamar Jackson cannot throw that football. No. Can I ask you, you a question you about that, You can't throw CC? it in triple coverage, dog. No. You got to see that. What's up? When a guy puts up his arms, that means, hey, I got it. I'm open, right? Yes. Like, Correct. That doesn't mean the quarterback has to throw. It's not like by rule. Yeah, but things are moving fast. And sometimes the quarterback can't see all of that, right? Like sometimes. So that's see, the immediate alert. See, I got to trust you my see guy. A flash. Exactly. I got to trust my guy. Go back to the Jacksonville Jaguars game. Isaiah likely throws up his hand. Lamar Jackson is scrambling around. He throws it up for grabs, and Isaiah likely comes down with the jump ball. It's a 50 50 ball. So now I have and proof that, of concept. And, exactly. But in that situation, here's what I don't understand. Even if you're throwing it to Isaiah likely, you're throwing it in the end zone. What do they teach quarterbacks? Helmet or higher when you're throwing the ball in the end zone, right? Mm. right? Throw it up in the end zone. If Isaiah likely doesn't jump up and make a great play, then all of a sudden it ends up going out of the end zone and it's an incomplete pass rather than an interception. But again, when you have multiple turnovers in the end zone like they did, the interception, but then also the Zay Flowers fumble, then that 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 basically gifts the game to the Chiefs. And when you're on the opposite sideline of Pat Mahomes, you do not have that type of margin for error. Let's hear what Lamar had to say about that interception in the end zone. I see Tampa two, and um, I see both of them. I see both of them uh, t- trailing him, and I didn't want to throw it all out the end zone. I just tried to like let him turn around and make a play. I thought it was gonna be pi, but you know it is what it is. The safety made a great play and made an interception. Yeah, made an interception, likely put the hand up. CC just brought up the proof of concept previously as it relates to the Jacksonville game. But again, as somebody that has supported Lamar Jackson, I need to be fair in the, the current assessment. When talking about Lamar Jackson, he's an elite regular season performer. He's an elite regular season performer. He's not an elite performer because that would include everything. Patrick Mahomes is an elite performer. is an all-time great, maybe the greatest performer we've ever seen at that position. Right? There are some guys that you may look at and say, they're great in the play. Nick Foles, great in the playoffs. Unreal. Right? You would not say a great regular season performer. And I'm not equating Nick Foles and Lamar Jackson. Let's be clear on that. But you get what I'm saying. There's a difference. When talking about Lamar Jackson, like Joel Embiid in the NBA— a great regular season performer. But Lamar Jackson in the playoffs is worse than Lamar Jackson in the regular season. If the Baltimore Ravens could sign up for Lamar Jackson in the regular season and apply him to the playoffs, they may be going to the Super Bowl. That's not who he was yesterday. That's not who he's been. He has a losing record in the playoffs. And statistically, he is a worse player in the postseason than he is in the regular season. You can't argue that. Even for those like us who are trying to support him. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776 is your telephone number to be a part of the show. We'll get your phone calls in on Lamar. Is that a fair assessment? Elite regular season performer? Are we putting the Lions loss on Dan Campbell? Plus, how goaty is this current goat? We'll find out next. (laughs) It's on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. 
Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Having Canty and Michelle are Unsportsmanlike. Games where the teams are equally matched literally turn on somewhere between three to five plays. Lamar fires in the end zone. Nope, shy of the end zone. Zay Flowers dies at the goal line. Ball comes loose. Under pressure hit. Ball is loose. And Kansas City recovers the ball at the 33-yard line. Lamar to throw. Looking to the right. Nothing there. Fires down the middle. Back in the end zone. And it's intercepted. If we wouldn't turn the ball over, we definitely would have had a shot. Well, unfortunately for Lamar... They did turn the ball over. And unfortunately for Lamar Jackson, he was not the player yesterday that he was all regular season long that will likely give him an MVP for the second time. That courtesy of WBAL in Baltimore, 1090 AM, along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen, with you. Super Bowl 58 is a rematch. Niners and the Chiefs coming up in a couple of weeks in Las Vegas. Now, Patrick Mahomes gets back to the Super Bowl, his fourth Super Bowl in five years, trying to win his third Super Bowl. His first six years of his career as a starter, statistically greater than that of Tom Brady's, which is just ridiculous. And now the GOAT conversation is going to start if he wins his third Super Bowl. Amazingly enough, as we sit here today, Tom Brady has more than three times the amount of Super Bowl wins as Mahomes has. But if you do it based on pacing, Mahomes is pacing in a better direction than Brady was at this exact point. The beauty not of- even just pacing, but just overall impact on his team's success, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I mean, like seriously, Patrick Mahomes has two MVPs. Tom Brady had zero through his first six seasons as a starter. So quite literally, the league is telling you that this dude has impacted his team's success in this historic run that they've been on, more so than what we saw with Tom Brady in his first six seasons where he won three championships. That, that's what the league is saying. Yes, I'm not arguing that. I would say that the, the level of system that allowed Brady to, like Belichick could put in the system that he wanted to put in forever because Brady was able to run it. Andy Reid has done the same thing with Mahomes. That they, are both, like, they both play for two geniuses. And I think the two geniuses have these crazy systems of, oh, if we could do this, 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 and this. And they can because of the quarterbacks that they have. Like Andy Reid, some of the misdirection, some of the plays, the motion, everything that he's doing, not everybody can handle it. This guy can handle it. What he has done is just absolutely phenomenal. And I think that when we look at them historically, this is going to be your one-two. This is going to be. I mean, just look at the numbers, though. I mean, mean, Patrick Mahomes has a better winning percentage. He has a better completion percentage. 9,000 more passing yards. 90 more touchdowns. And you're talking about 17 less interceptions. The only thing that's missing is the Super Bowl titles. 
and Patrick Mahomes is about to play for his third Super Bowl title in a matter of six years. Think about that. Why well, Brady winning, beat him? I'm, I'm winning him. I'm winning a Super Bowl every other year. If he finishes the drill in a couple of weeks and wins the title, he would have the same amount of championships as Tom Brady did through his first six seasons. But he would have twice. Uh, he'd have more MVPs. He'd have two to Brady zero. Like it's just it's phenomenal. What Mahomes is doing, and Smalls, you used the perfect word to describe it. He's peerless. None of his contemporaries are, are close to where he is, can match what he's been able to do. But I'm just sitting here thinking about the all-time greats. I don't know that there are any all-time greats that have matched what Patrick Mahomes has done through his first six seasons as a starter. And if he wins this one, how impressive would that be for you guys? Because this version of the Kansas City Chiefs is not as dominant as we've seen. Yes, they still have Travis Kelsey. Yes, Steve Spagnuolo and the defense still obviously found a way to help them and be very impactful throughout the season. But this group of receiving, uh, or this receiving core, excuse me, was not great this season. We saw a vulnerability in the Kansas City Chiefs that we have not seen in years. I never thought that they would be able to get here, but they find a way. I feel like this is going to be one of those years, if they're able to get it done, where we're like, if he can get it done with this group, He's going to get it done any time that he's presented the opportunity. Smalls, I'm glad you brought up the receivers because I want to go back to yesterday's game. Going into the game, who are the two receivers that the Baltimore Ravens defense definitely had to stop for Kansas City? Who are that? Who are the receivers? Well, you certainly have to stop Travis Kelsey. Yeah, and Rasheed Rice, right? Yeah. And Rasheed Rice, right? Those are the two receivers that you absolutely have to stop because those are Mahomes' favorite two targets. Yesterday, Patrick Mahomes targeting Rishi Rice and Travis Kelsey. He was 19 of 20 for 162 yards and a touchdown. Think about it. 19 of 20. Only one incompletion targeting those two dudes. One. I just don't understand how that's even possible. Now, you have to attribute that to the greatness of Andy Reid in terms of the X's and O's and scheming guys open. I'll give him that. But then also how great Patrick Mahomes is, how accurate he is, how how he's able to ad-lib and manipulate the pocket and get out and buy time for his receivers to uncover. I mean, it was just a master class. And then the touchdown that he threw to Travis Kelsey, it wasn't as if it was bad coverage by Kyle Hamilton. It was just a perfect throw and catch. I mean, you're talking about back shoulder throw in the end zone. It was absolutely phenomenal. I mean, we're showing it on ESPN too, but that's a great throw. And, and and that's because it's they, Brady and Gronk. It's because it's the those, same thing. It's because those two have that chemistry, uh-huh. and that was the first touchdown that Kyle Hamilton gave up to an opposing tight end this season. It happened in that spot. That just shows you how good Patrick Mahomes is, how good Travis Kelsey is, but then also how good Andy Reid is to trust his guys and to also put them in positions to have success. So I can't take anything away from the 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 greatness of the Kansas City Chiefs in talking about how Lamar melted down in yesterday's AFC Championship game. We spent a lot of time focusing on how bad Lamar and that Ravens offense was, and rightfully so, but we also got to acknowledge how surgical Patrick Mahomes and that Chiefs offense and that team overall was. It was a masterclass performance, both sides of the ball, both play callers. The only thing I'll disagree with on what Small said is in terms of the building of this team, the makeup of the team – this is exactly how it would want a team. If I'm Kansas City, spend the money on defense, have Kelsey, offensive line, and find receivers. Their receivers were horrible during the course of the season. Don't get me wrong, but I would never spend the money on receivers. I don't need to. I have Patrick Mahomes. He'll make D-level guys B-level guys. And if I can get them to B with Travis Kelsey's an A+, and the defense playing that way, I'm good. Dale in North Carolina listening on 94.1. What's up, Dale? 
Good morning, guys. Let me tell you, y'all are treading thin ice criticizing Mr. Jackson. There's two guys you can't criticize in the NFL, and that's Jackson and Mr. Tomlin. You better be careful. You're going to get a call from Stephen A. and Dominique and Ryan Clark. All right, bye. We're not doing this. I know where you're going. That's ridiculous. Give me a freaking break. Marcus in Baltimore on ESPN2. What's up, Marcus? Hey, thanks for taking my call. Um, Marcus from Baltimore. I went to the game yesterday. And here's what I want to say, right? And and I, I I know that y'all have played Madden before. There are different levels on Madden, right? You got rookie, pro, all pro, and all Madden. And yesterday, I love Lamar Jackson. I'm a Baltimore Ravens fan. But yesterday, there was two tiers yesterday, two different times. Patrick Mahomes was all Madden when he was playing. Lamar Jackson was playing like a rookie. And for whatever reason, I don't know what it is, is that when he has the ball, right, he don't call audibles. He was... His, his blitz was only 41%. Patrick Mahomes ate the Ravens' blitz up yesterday. And so the question that I want to ask y'all, and I know it's controversy, I know it's been brought up before, but is Lamar Jackson a game manager? Because yesterday I sat there for three and a half hours, paid $2,000 for tickets, and this guy was a game manager. That's what I want to say. Uh, I, don't, I, I think, by the way, I think being a game manager, people take as a negative. I look at it as a compliment. Mahomes intelligently in the second half yesterday even talked about the idea that all his job was to manage the game, not turn the ball over, and not give Baltimore a chance to win it. Unfortunately for Lamar, I actually don't think he was a game manager, and that was part of the problem. He didn't know when to run the football. He wasn't able to hit the the like dink and dunks. He was overthrowing receivers and running backs out of the backfield at times, through a bad interception in the end zone. We unfortunately look at the term game manager as a negative. If Lamar was more of a game manager, Yesterday, they probably would have won. Yeah, he wasn't a game manager. And to your point, if he doesn't throw that interception to Isaiah Likely in the end zone, then you're talking about them having a chance to be able to put points on the board and make it a one-possession game. Think about this. Back-to-back turnovers for the Ravens in the end zone. Like on consecutive drives, you have those turnovers. If that doesn't happen, if Zay Flowers doesn't fumble the ball in the end zone, they get a touchdown there, and then the next drive they get a field goal because they're on the 25-yard line when he throws the pick to Likely. You're talking about a tie game. So I, I just I like calling Lamar a game manager is a bridge too far, especially when he's capable of making plays like he did to Zay Flowers in the first quarter, where he you know gets away from the blitzer, a guy that's um, that, that 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 has a clean win, and then he uncorks a bomb. Or how about this? He's throwing a pass, it gets batted at the line of scrimmage, and then he runs and catches his own pass, and he comes a shoestring tackle away from housing it. That is not a game manager. Like, he's not. He's a singular talent. I mean, the guy led his team in rushing, for God's sakes, and he's a quarterback. (laughs) Lamar is not a game manager, even though it's frustrating because you're you're seeing the decline when he gets to the postseason. You want to see that competitive greatness from a guy that's poised to win his second MVP. Unsportsmanlike is presented by Progressive Insurance. At Progressive, they're making things even easier. They'll help you bundle on your home and car insurance together so you can save on both. Learn more at Progressive.com or visit 1-800-PROGRESSIVE or call to be 1-800-PROGRESSIVE or Progressive.com. Coming up, I'm over it next on Sportsmanlike. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. 
Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Pat Costello, our producer, Eagles fan, all pumped up maybe about Kellen Moore as his new offensive coordinator, <laughs> gives Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, and I, Evan Cohen, uh, things that he is over as it relates to sports, life, entertainment, whatever is on his mind. Go ahead, Pat. I am not excited about Kellen Moore, but that's I don't know a- why you would be. I don't. I'm not. <laughs> I know, but like Kellen Moore is the guy they go out and get? That's not a Nick Seriani hire. There's no chance. Is he good? That, that has to be Howie Roseman. Think about what happened. He's though. available. Right. He's so, available. Kellen Moore. I don't, I don't know if he's good. He's available. Yeah, Kellen, but we're available. <laughs> but that's the thing. Like, Kellen Moore, his last season with the Dallas Cowboys versus Mike McCarthy this year with Dak Prescott. I just, it's, it's not. And Justin May. Herbert this year versus what we assume next year with, with Harbaugh. Yeah, but Justin Herbert was hurt. So, I, I get that part of it. But yeah, it's, it's not great. It's not great. I don't know how Pat Costello could feel great about that. But, Pat, the floor is yours. People have gotten completely out of control with this Taylor Swift criticism. And I can't believe I'm the one that's saying this because I was critical early on in in the year with it. But like it's gotten so far to one side that it is completely over the top and ridiculous. And it's pretty embarrassing, honestly, to see people like complaining about it on Twitter and stuff still. Complaining about what? She's the biggest star self-made in the world. She's an awesome singer. She puts on great shows. She cares about her fans. She cares about her peers. She loves music, which I know sounds weird, but I love when she's at the um, award shows and she's singing other people's songs. Like, she's just like, she seems insanely genuine. And she doesn't have to be considering how famous she is. When she was on the field post game and she's helping Travis find Jason, I, like, she seems great. Like, I think I've learned more about her through this process than I did previously. And I'm more impressed by her. And she was already the most impressive performer in the world. So is she going to sing about the Chiefs going to the Super Bowl and Travis at the Grammys this coming weekend? Is that going to happen? Oh, no, no. I feel like it needs to happen, though. She won't want to jinx it or insert herself in any way. I feel like it would be great, though. She's just a supportive girlfriend to him. Now, the album that will drop after this is going to be fire. (laughs) But I think she's going to wait and let him have his shine. Okay. So so nothing at the Grammys. Well, she'll perform, but nothing. I, I wonder if he's going to escort her. Uh, he'll yeah, have some downtime. I mean, yeah, yeah, you know exactly. what I mean? I wonder oh, yeah, if he'll be there. Yeah. But no, I'm so with Pat. The people that are complaining about this are just so annoying. She's one of the biggest stars, if not the biggest star in the entire world. Of course, they're going to show her. It's good business for the NFL to show her. She has brought in a completely new audience to the NFL, which is saying something because the NFL is the most powerful thing in live media today. And she has still somehow found a way to ingratiate a new audience into the NFL and if you don't like them showing her I think it says so much about you because they show other family members and you didn't have a problem with them showing Jason Kelsey shirtless hanging out of a suite right. so why are you upset that they're showing uh, Taylor Swift cheering for Travis like who cares get over it yeah, I, don't yeah, understand, I don't understand what NFL fans feel like they're missing when they show Taylor Swift. It's yeah, not, not like showing her it's, not like play. it's not like they're cutting away from the plays oh, in no. the game. I can't see Andy Reid one more time. <laughs> they're cutting to her when Travis catches a pass. They're cutting to her when it's a touchdown. What's wrong with that? You're not missing any game action. What yeah. is wrong with that? I don't get it, Pat. I'm with you on this one. I'm completely over it. Nuno still thinks it's fake. The relationship. Yeah, I, I thought maybe no, no. initially it was weird, but... Like in terms of is it real? But it is. A you know what those small, real. You know what those smalls. What? We should we should have we should have known this was coming. What? We shouldn't have, we shouldn't have rolled with the Ravens. You know why? 
Because the NFL script was going to have Taylor Swift at the Super Bowl. Of course. It was always going to be Taylor Swift at the Super Bowl. Huge miss. When her and Travis started dating, there's no shot that the Chiefs had of missing the Super Bowl this year. Now, the travel. Have you guys seen the travel scenario? So she's going to be performing in Tokyo, I want to say, the night before, if I'm not mistaken, or the however you want to look at it because of the time change and everything, that she's taking a private plane back the 12 hours to get to Vegas from overseas. and then uh, t- Great thing it's on the West Coast, yeah, though, yeah. right? She's, if it she's, wasn't on the West Coast, it'd be a lot harder, yeah. She's putting in max effort to be there, so guess what? Travis, if she wants you at the Grammys this weekend, you go to the Grammys. <laughs> pretty, Simple as that. Pretty sure the jet is going to be real comfortable, though. The, I'm the, sure. The, the jet back is going. You don't think she has very, a middle very, seat? Very, very plush. She, she's, she's got many commas in her yeah, bank account. I'm sure that jet yeah, is she's, quite she's, nice. She's the billionaire girls club. Yeah, also, she's fine. quickly before we move on, Nuno, how can you think it's fake after you saw them kissing and celebrating together on the field yesterday? Is she not an actress? No, no, she's not. Well, she's, she's not an actress. She's not actress. She's a performer, She's a performer, Exactly. Nuno. Thank you, Kansi. She's a performer. I'm and with if, you. And if you want to take this up a notch, take Andy Reid to the Grammys, not Travis this weekend. Do that for oh, me. Oh, yeah. Can, can hey, I, can, I'm can, sorry, can, babe. I'm going to take your head coach to the Grammys <laughs> instead of you. Are you cool with that? Smalls, I mean, what are, what are the streets of Missouri talking about? I'm just wondering, Listen, like, I'm like tra- tra- Travis, Travis Kelsey about to get another ring? Maybe he gives her a ring after that? Have I not Kelsey get a ring? She get a ring? I'm just... I've been telling be, be, be you. Be real interesting. The streets of Missouri have been saying this for months that they're going to get engaged. Okay. I've been telling right. you okay. post Super Bowl whether the Chiefs were in it or not. Expect some hardware on her hand, Ooh. not just his. Okay. Again, can we go back to something? Because I know Paddle want to do this. That Nuno just said, "Is she not an actress?" No, she's actually she's a singer. Well, she does have has a movie, she, though. She does have a movie. Exactly. She does have a so movie. She's an actress. She's in the she documentary. Has she, has a, she was an actress. It was you in acted? a movie theater. It was in a movie theater. If you're in a movie, it was in a movie theater. If she's got, if she, if she is the main, if she is the main attraction in a movie theater, then by definition, she's an actress. By definition, okay. (laughs) If you played a, if you had a a small part in a movie, you would consider yourself an actor. Me, yes, Yes. because I got nothing else to hang my hat on like she does in terms of that level of Hollywood. I am beyond thankful to be here, but Hollywood, I think she can claim to be a singer and be okay in that regard. I'm with you, I'm with you, Nuno. She's an actress. She's an actress. actress. It is a good point because when you think of Taylor Swift, the first thing you think of is her uh, movies. Next pack. <laughs> what we got? Uh, being left on red on a text. Look, it's one thing if you're busy and you got something going on and hit me back later. But if I text you and you read it and then you just never reply, I'm going to think less of you and I'm not going to answer you next time. Oh, no. I don't know. I the, mean, like, the, t- I just don't know why people just don't turn their read receipts off. I don't even know if mine are on. I don't know how to turn They're them on. They're not. Okay, good. <laughs> oh. I don't know. I just said that <laughs> with confidence, but I don't think they are. But then I, as soon as I said it, I thought... Oh, but it's at the group chat, so I we don't see that anyway in the group chat. But I I agree, it's annoying if you see someone read it at five oh seven and by ten thirty two they haven't responded yet. But that's just a rookie mistake. Stop having your read receipts on people. Yeah, but they're on social media too because you can see they're on Instagram and they might have an Instagram story live. Like they might be, you see they they're on their phone, so it's not as if they didn't see the text message and they still can't get back with you. Like I, I. I'm with Pat on that one. That is that is annoying. And it also makes you question yourself. Well, maybe maybe I shouldn't have reached out. I shouldn't have texted them whatever I text them. Yeah. It makes you second guess. So it, it creates all of those insecurities within you. Just if somebody texts you, if they think enough to reach out to you, just respond back. It doesn't have to be a long response. It could even be an emoji. 
But just give them some kind of response back and acknowledgement that you received the text message. Just saying. Next one. All right. Per Wikipedia, Taylor Swift, occupations, singer, songwriter, producer, director, businesswoman, actress. That was like the eighth one. <laughs> it's part of the, it's on her resume. It's on her resume. <laughs> it's on her resume. Why? Why are you doing this, Ev? Why, are you Why aren't you this? responding, Kathy? You clearly read my text. He's, 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 we're on air. What are you? You know what? All right, boom. Give you the thumbs up. Give you the thumbs up. Leave me the hell alone. Oh, okay, got see it. that's the thing. Wait, All did, right. did, so, wait, did Evan just text you? He just yeah. texted me. I so, I gave, sure. so I gave him the thumbs up. Now here's a part of the etiquette pack because I'm going to take it a step further. If you text me something and I give you the thumbs up or the exclamation point, that means it's over. That means it's over. Like, if I don't text you back words, don't text me again, because then I will leave you unread. Yeah. All right? So that's a part of text message etiquette. Like, if you text me something, and I give you the thumbs up, I give you a check mark, I give you an exclamation point, yeah. it's over. Stop texting me. By the Stop way, being needy. I want to take people behind the scenes for one second. I sent CC the text to do the bit. He looked at me like, hey, did I miss something? Like, what did I miss here? Like, I was uh, trying to lead him somewhere. I, I, I was nervous. I was, <laughs> I was like, I was, I was, I was what like, happened? Am I giving off bad vibes? Like, I, didn't, I wasn't sure what was going on. Are you like, did I swear? Like, hey, what's up, Cece? I'm like, am I, am I doing a terrible job today? Again, all of the insecurities coming out. Totally. All of them. <laughs> Next one, Pat. Do we have time for one quick one? Yeah, quick one. American cheese is the best cheese. It's the Patrick Mahomes of cheeses. What? It's just awesome. Swiss, Cheddar and mozzarella Swiss are good, better. too. Swiss, Swiss is not better. Pepper Smoked Jack I can Gouda. get down with. Smoke Gouda is great. Get out of no, here. that's lame. Well, then, okay. That's like the Jared leave, Goff of cheeses. That means top 10 per CC, so I'll take it. I like sharp cheddar cheese. Oh, sharp cheddar the is sharp cheddar. outstanding. Goat oh, cheese. The sharp cheddar cheese. A good manchego. Oh, sharp cheddar Parmigiana cheese. Parmigiana-Reggiano. Yeah. The, com- the, com- the Comte cheese from pa- like the, 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 the French, the Comte cheese, outstanding. But sharp cheddar. Yeah, I'm an American cheese. Thanks. Sharp cheddar. Sharp cheddar Wait, is outstanding. Wait, how own brand is it that Pat likes probably like a classic craft single? We're on Sports Is even cheese? <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.